0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the America of America podcast. As always, I'm Will Milam, and I'm excited to start the show. No cold open this week, just because I didn't think there was a cold open that could outdo uh, the Clement Clark Moore uh, 1823 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, considering that we're going to continue our discussion on the history of Santa Claus. And so if you are looking for a cold open, I recommend you Go to last week's episode and listen to that. I had, a lot of, I had a lot of fun recording that. But before we get started today, I just wanted to pick up where we left off last week. So last week we ended with a brief discussion on the roles of the gift giver concept in European traditions that would come to make up the American traditions that would become Santa Claus. So these are things like Sinterklaas in the Netherlands. St. Nicholas in various European traditions, Sir Christmas in England as an example of an old-timey revelry Christmas, followed by Father Christmas, who is the more permanent uh, epitomization or personification of Christmas in England, who also uh, is the gift-giver concept in England. Um, One of the biggest developments along this line of gift-giver concepts in Europe, which I passed over, I think, last week, I think I might have mentioned it, but I didn't go into enough detail, is, of course, the Christkind in German and Protestant-German traditions. And this actually goes back to Lutheran times, and literally it goes back to Martin Luther, which is why it's kind of a cool uh, major historical development, that Luther established the Christkind, which is German literally for Christ child, as the gift giver uh, in these uh, Protestant areas of Germany, with the hope that focusing on the Christ child as a gift giver would reorient the holiday into a more religious focus rather than the secular focus of things like St. Nicholas and you know the horrifying stuff like Krampus that was going on in Germany at the time. And hopefully, Luther thought... This would lessen the reliance on the saints' days in the old liturgical calendar. Now, that might not actually been what have, what Luther thought. That might have been just some, uh, some of the early post-Luther thought in that tradition, because I'm not really sure if Luther was that unorthodox. But I don't actually know that, so uh, please do not quote me on that. But the reason that the Kriskind is so important for our discussion today, aside from being the predecessor, one of the main predecessors to uh, to the modern concept of Santa, is that Santa Claus in the United States one of the one of the popular alternative names is Kris Kringle. Um, when I was growing up, my cousins and I used to do a. Kind of an anonymous uh, Santa gift exchange in Christmas, and we would call it a Kris Kringle or KK. That that's how you spell it in English, but that actually derives from the German term christkind which was referring not actually to the Saint Nick character, but to the Christchild as the gift giver. So I just thought that was a that was an important piece of information from last week that I really wish I would have had in there. That really uh, should be in the episode. So moving on to the more recent developments in our creation of Santa Claus. So as I'm sure all of our American listeners and hopefully anybody abroad will recognize that by the 18th and 19th century saw a great wave of migration from many European countries to the United States, specifically to the Northeast and more specifically New York, think Ellis Island. So you had several of these groups that brought their respective Christmas traditions, uh, particularly the gift giver. And the story goes that it is these melding of traditions is where we get Santa. So the most popular basis for this is that the Dutch immigrants to New York, because remember New York was originally called New Amsterdam and it was Dutch, uh, brought Sinterklaas and that this started a long line of developments that would lead eventually to the 1823 poem A Visit from St. Nicholas. There are several reasons why this is probably untrue. The first being that the Dutch settlers that were in Manhattan were members of the Dutch Reformed Church, a church that was largely Calvinist and didn't recognize the Saints' Days, so there wouldn't have been a lot of celebration of St. Nicholas's Day on December 6th. Uh, and secondly, that by the 19th century, at least by the early 19th century, at least uh, when all of this stuff started showing up, there were actually very few Dutch uh, descended people left on Manhattan. It was um, there was already large amounts of immigration, not only just from the English, but uh, started to see from uh, Central Europe and Southern European countries. So it wasn't as Dutch populated by about 1800. So, what is more likely is that in that early 19th century, uh, with the collection of different ethnicities and nationalities, there was a push to adopt certain saints in relation to these uh, nationality clubs. So, the Irish would pick St. Patrick, and John Pintard, who we will get to in his New York Society, or New York Historical Society, took St. Nicholas as its patron in Elblum. And I know I mentioned John P. Tard, but the other person that I need to mention who is very, very important for the development of Santa Claus is Washington Irving. Now, if uh, you probably know Washington Irving from amongst his many stories, uh, the most famous in our time probably being The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But in his lifetime, Washington Irving was a, actually a very successful writer and wrote a lot of bestsellers. And one of those bestsellers was a satirical, it was a political satire called A History of New York, or more likely remembered as A Knickerbocker History of New York. Uh, In this satirical book, uh, Washington Irving would claim that the first church in Manhattan was dedicated to St. Nicholas. This was actually not true, but by this time, St. Nicholas had already been with Uh, Irving's help had been implanted into the collective memory of New York, though he might not actually have been there in the first place. Soon after, the New York Spectator published a poem where a line read, Whom we Sancte Claus name, which seems to be one of the first references to the term Santa Claus in the 19th century, However, there was actually documented that the, tame, that the name, Santa Claus, uh, was already in use in 1773 and 1774 in reference to St. Nicholas. So the question then becomes, why did it come back? If Santa Claus was being used, uh, the name being used in 1773 and 74, but then is not used again until the early 19th century, uh, why did that name come back? Now, we don't know for sure. Judith Flanders' uh, great Christmas biography, which is eminently readable and very short and sweet, would say that some of this had to do probably with the twenty-five thousand plus Swiss German immigrants that came in over that period to New York. Uh, and their gift giver based on Saint- or based on Saint Nick was called Claus or Santi Klaus. Uh, Interestingly enough, a specific Swiss derivative of the legend holds that Samus Claus or um, St. Nick uh, brought children, the Swiss children Christmas trees or brought them trees as Christmas gifts on St. Nicholas's Day, which I thought was kind of cool because uh, I'd like to talk about the history of Christmas trees. I really want to talk about the history of Christmas trees because it's one of those things that a lot of people in their pretense to sound smart We'll talk about the history of Christmas trees and get it very, very wrong and no one is there to correct them and I want to be the guy to correct them, but that'd be, I'd be a bit ultra crepidarian and it's a bit out of our lane for this episode, but we'll worry about that later. But all of this is gearing up for the most famous poem probably of, obviously to deal with Christmas, but the most famous single image of St. Nicholas in our history which was the anonymously published, later attributed to Clement Clark Moore poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, which first appeared in 1823. And though it does not use Santa Claus in name, the poem is the first major gift giver that we would, could recognize today as Santa Claus. Uh, the recognizable cool features in this poem include that uh, the gifts are given on the night before Christmas rather than December 6th, the Feast of St. Nicholas, Uh, stockings are hung by the chimney. There is even a sleigh and reindeer with all the familiar reindeer minus Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer who leads the sleigh in the more uh, recent developments. We also see St. Nicholas giving gifts in the stockings. And interestingly enough, he goes up and down the chimney, um, which is uh, something that I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more about where that legend came from um as we see St Nick uh through the legend of St Nicholas uh giving money for the dowries he actually threw it in from through through the window. Uh I did see though that Jan Steen who is a uh, I believe a Dutch painter has a painting called The Feast of St Nicholas from 1665 that shows a dutch family enjoying their gifts on st nicholas's feast day but also looking up the chimney in amazement so there seems to be that it seems to be likely that the legend of st nicholas going up and down the chimney is a bit more ancient than or a bit older than i originally thought also what's like what's kind of nice in a visit from st nicholas is that they talk about Santa's or St. Nicholas's very, very hearty laugh, which has become very synonymous with the Saint, with the Santa Claus character. Ho, ho, ho is something you hear a lot at Christmas time. The differences between how we see Santa Claus and uh, a visit from St. Nicholas has to do with some of the imagery uh, in the poem. He's described as a jolly old elf. As we understand Santa, Santa is very... Large and rotund and hearty and jolly, and wears red, which is not an element of Clement Clark Moore's poem, but it is, seems to be a defining aspect of the most famous image of Santa Claus, which was Thomas Nast, who was, like Washington Irving, a political satirist, even though Thomas Nash did it largely through cartoons. But in 1881, produced a jolly image of Santa Claus holding a lot of gifts in one arm, laughing jollily and smoking a long stemmed pipe. Very fat and very big. And this image would probably be the single most influential image, aside from the mental image from the poem, but just Thomas Nast created that image of Santa Claus. Um, These two are probably the most important. We're going to kind of fast forward now. L. Frank Baum's Life and Adventures of Santa Claus in 1902 would set the legendary aspects in stone, since there wasn't a lot of backstory yet. Uh, After that, probably the single most famous purveyor of Santa Claus image was Coca-Cola. Starting in 1931, would use Santa in a lot of ads. We still see Santa Claus in Coca Cola ads around Christmas time, though it appears that Santa has been taken over by those very, very cute polar bears. Now, at this point, there are so many directions we could go with the development and the representations of Santa Claus in popular culture. We could probably do an entire series on that. I just wanted to cover the basics, and we've covered those. But I don't necessarily want to end the episode here because I want to talk about uh, what's my favorite discussion, which is Santa controversies. Uh, Santa Claus is not a universally loved figure by any means. Um, So I'd like to run over the controversies real quick before we leave today. Um, The first controversy had to do with England. And if you listen to these last couple episodes for a while, when the Puritans took over, the parliamentarians took over, Christmas was disestablished as a holiday. In many parts of the United States, uh celebrating Christmas was looked down upon or even prohibited by law. But in the inevitable restoration of the monarchy with Charles II, there was a satirical uh there was a satirical work called The Examination and Trial of Old Father Christmas by Josiah King, which again is satire, but it was basically putting the old Christmas holidays on trial and finally ending in their acquittal acquittal. But I just think it was kind of funny that they used father Christmas as the, as the symbol of the old Christmas revelry. Um, another controversy involving Santa Claus occurred in the Soviet union, starting in 1917 with the, with the foundation of the Soviet union uh, in the league of militant atheists, which apparently is, How you actually translate that name, which I can only imagine is the cringiest group of edgelords with state power you've ever seen. Encourage children to get rid of their Santa related stuff and to get rid of their Christmas trees, which I don't know how that worked out for the Soviet Union in the long run. I hope it did not. And finally, we have the oldest Christmas controversy, which is commercialization, commercialism. Uh, as I said at the beginning of last week or the week before the debate between the religious and secular aspects of Christmas are not new. They've, they've seemed to have been going on, uh, since the dawn of Christianity, but they're not going away and they, they still have a massive place in our cultural dialogue. And Santa Claus does not, Or Santa Claus, I think, is a really good representation of that because Santa Claus is a gift giver, which means that to do Santa Claus properly or to imbibe the spirit that Santa Claus represents, families have to spend a lot of money on gifts. Uh, Santa Claus, though, derived from St. Nick, is a thoroughly secular character. So, again, takes your mind off of the idea of the nativity of Christ or the advent of Christ onto something else. So it's always been controversial to have St Nick or Santa Claus be your symbol of the commercial aspect of Christmas that a lot of people really hate and I think that unfortunately people have mistaken that hate with or the the dislike of the commercialization of Christmas which I think is fair with the festivals and the history of St Nicholas and his association with Christmas time but Things will go on as they are probably. These, contr- these controversies do not look like they are going to stop anytime soon. And I imagine I'm going to get involved with them later on in life. But we will see that bridge when we come to it. And with that, I this is going to conclude our discussion of the concept of Santa Claus. I hope everybody had a good time. I hope everybody learned something. I learned a lot. Uh, Doing my reading for these episodes. And with that, I'm Will Milam. This is the America of America podcast. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, I will not be here next week. I'm going to take a Christmas vacation, but don't you worry because Christmas is a season and it is 12 days long until Epiphany. So I will still be doing Christmas related episodes. So this will not be the last one, but. I hope that you are having great Advent and that you can celebrate Christmas with your families. Please, uh, I hope everybody's staying safe with the uh, Omicron uh, variant going around. Um, But with that, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas as we come together to celebrate the birth of Christ and to hopefully be able to spend some quality time with our family and friends. So I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.